It's another Get Geekish podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Bino. Uh, Derek is over there. How are you doing today? I, I'm doing all right. And yourself? I'm, I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, but uh, thanks for listening to us. Uh, this week we decided that we're going to talk a little bit about some Marvel villains, getting into some comic book geekery and some cinematic universe geekery. Because, you know, big news recently, uh, WandaVision wrapped up its series finally on Disney+. Plus. So I- I'm thinking there's going to be some spoilers from WandaVision we're going to talk about today. So Good if you haven't it. watched WandaVision, go ahead and push us on pause, go watch it, and then come back just because I don't want to hear about it because I can't talk about WandaVision without talking about some of the things that might be spoilers in WandaVision. Right. Well, it was one of the things, too, is the Internet did a pretty crappy job of not guarding spoilers. It's like it seemed as soon as WandaVision came out, within the hour, there was yeah, something ev- on the Internet. And not even vague things, like full-on screenshots, like, oh, my God, did you see what? this in this, this episode? You're like, Yeah, it wasn't even clickbait. Now. It was like the whole thing of like, this, 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 this was right. And I'm like, dude, guys, <laughs> chill. <laughs> I think the Internet's given up on trying to be spoiler free i guess yeah I yeah know. well i i think that's honestly if you if you troll through the reddit threads too you find that kind of mentality with a lot of people a lot of people that are you know very much like gatekeepers when it comes to information they have the thought press it's like well it's been out for like two days if you haven't seen it, it's your own fault yeah like, well that's not everybody has time to just drop the hat and watch watch things as they come out i would love to i can't even watch every show as it comes out yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's anyway. kind of we started this whole podcast idea. But yeah. uh, the WandaVision, one of the things I loved about it was the fact that it did make everybody talk and think and try and figure out what was going on, where things were going, where things came from, because it pieced things together from the cinematic universe, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., from the comics, from the new series, and then is leading us in all sorts of ways in the future. And even you know, we talked about before, too, that it had callbacks to things in previous Marvel movies like 13 years ago, little Easter eggs that showed up in WandaVision that suddenly made a whole bunch of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and, and one thing too, is like in the middle of WandaVision out here in Texas, we had a huge snowstorm. So I was like stuck at home with the kids. So I started watching some of the Marvel movies again. I just started with age of Ultron. Cause I think I've, that's the one I've seen the least of. Um, and I popped it in and I was like, Hey, like, you know, pick it up on little things in it that they were called back for in WandaVision. I was like, all right, okay, cool. And like, they did a very good job with that. And like you said, they did a good job with making people talk, you know, having people jump to conclusions automatically because, you know, we all know that this was setting up, not necessarily kicking off phase four, but it's setting up going into Doctor Strange and what is it, the Multiverse, multiverse of Madness. Madness. Mm-hmm. And Ant Man so, and Quantum, Quantum Burst. Yeah, and the. Ant-Man quantum thing and so like we know that it's setting up those and we know that you know Scarlet Witch is going to be in at least Doctor Strange so with that knowledge everybody started going okay what's going on with this why why is it a sitcom why is it this why is it that who is the big baddie and I think whoever I don't remember who directed it or whatever they did a very good job of like taking that big screen feel and putting it in a series mm-hmm because I think that's one thing that I, I made it hard for me to get into like, Agents of Shield. I liked Agents of Shield for a little bit, but it always felt like a you know like a just a TV show. Yeah, yeah. And with WandaVision, it felt like something a little bit grander than a TV show, and I think they did a very good job of that. But that's why we're here is because going into Phase Four, Thanos is no more, and at least in villains. this dimension. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> 
Um, I, mean, but, you know, I, I was on board. I, I was convinced that they were going to work Mephisto into WandaVision. Or that was going to be the end as he was going to see him talking or see her interacting with Mephisto or something like that. Because in the comics, Mephisto, obviously Marvel's version, you know, the closest thing to the devil as there could be. He played a huge part in the Infinity Gauntlet comics in those series, like the original Infinity Gauntlet stories. Mephisto was like a main character alongside Thanos, egging him along the whole time as he was trying to show off for Lady Death. Um, but when it comes to the Darkhold and the Scarlet Witch and Scarlet Witch kids, Mephisto in the comics was like, of course, of, yeah, that's of course that's what this is going to be. Right. And they switched that around to have Agatha come in there. But I was convinced. I'm, I'm not even fully convinced Mephisto won't end up being one of the villains they introduce. Um, but that, that, that was our topic. We we're going to talk about what villains we think might be or mm-hmm. should be introduced into the upcoming MCU. Well, and they did a good job, too, because, I mean, I, I even had to... So I don't know much about the Scarlet Witch's background and everything like that, so I had to, like, you know, I was clicking on articles and everything like that after the episode was out, like, trying to read up. And, you know, before Agatha was even realized in the... Well, I mean, she was realized in the show, but before she was announced, like, full-on name, like the, it was Agatha all along song. Um, that made it on the iTunes charts. Right. <laughs> um, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, Agnes is Agatha and everything like that. And so I was reaching, reading about that. And in the comics, she was kind of a villain, but then she became the Scarlet Witch's mentor. So here we go into the spoilers for WandaVision more so than we already have, you know, with Wanda leaving Agatha trapped in Westview, you know, and saying that if she needs her, she can come back. I think that's where that's going to come along since she now realizes she's a witch. And yes, at the end of WandaVision, she was, reading the dark hold and everything like that going but full, think, full think, on dr strange projecting yeah. herself doing 15 things at once <laughs> yeah so i think i think it's going to full on come back to her calling agatha as a you know teacher mm-hmm. and the whole thing too is it's funny reading the internet how they, everybody was like oh it's going to be mefesto um oh it's going to be and this is one i just told you about because you didn't hear about this one and i swear to god i'm going to screw up his name because I just keep thinking of Cthulhu, but it's not. It's Kithon, C H T H O N. Sounds right, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll go with a big um, C. <laughs> right? Uh, he's the demonic elder god who is the Earth's first practitioner of black magic. He was a principal author of The Darkhold, which was the book that we saw Wanda reading at the end. Um, and he wrote all of his collected knowledge of magic into the Ironbound Scrolls that served as the first form of The Darkhold. And a lot of people started going for Mephisto saying that this guy was going to be put in there and they had a whole bunch of like clues and everything like that. So it was kind of funny. I'm like, which way are they going to go with this? And for them to wrap up the show and dealing with grief and everything like that and going through the seven stages was fantastic. I know some people were kind of let down because it didn't announce a big bad but I'm I'm honestly glad they they didn't just announce one at the end. Like mm-hmm. the cutscenes they did were awesome because it still leaves that imagination. Because I was almost I was envisioning that the last cutscene was going to be just like almost a Thanos style thing of somebody's face turning around or Mephisto showing up going <laughs> right. But you're still kind of like you really want it. The show's over and I really want to know what's coming next. It's it's months and months of speculation still that is swirling around inside here that's not going to die down at all. Mm-hmm. Well, and, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's one of those ones where 
I think they did a fantastic job. I'm not necessarily one of those people that's like, they didn't announce a big baddie, but I think they did a good job kind of setting up everything to make us more excited, you know, and especially to see how it's going to tie into Doctor Strange and Ant-Man and everything like that. Because, I mean, we're going into Phase 4, and Marvel still has quite a bunch of big baddies that are right up there with Thanos, if not higher. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of big ones. One that I I think could be seen in a lot of them or could make sense would be the Magus and Adam Warlock. Because Adam Warlock's already appeared technically in two Marvel movies, not by himself, but his cocoon was seen in, uh, what is it, Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok. And at the oh, end yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy, it was open. So Adam Warlock is around the universe. And in the comics, he was uh, you know, protector of the Soul Stone and him and his... Uh, Infinity Watch were protectors of the Infinity Stones, and when through Infinity Gauntlet, then Infinity War and Infinity Crusade, it was Adam Warlock versus the bad side of himself that he had removed and put in the Soul Stone that became the Magus. Go read it for yourself. I read it a lot. I'm a big nerd. It's okay. <laughs> but to work them into it and have that goes because there comes a character that kind of combines the superhero cosmic powers with the witchcraft. Because I know a lot of people were kind of upset about Marvel because Marvel was going off the deep end, going all these things with space and aliens and cosmic things and blah, blah, blah. And then WandaVision comes around and everyone's expecting it to be a cosmic being like, no, no, witchcraft. (laughs) We're going back to the 1800s. Um, Right. But so he's he's kind of that bridge that can build the cosmic thing and the mystic thing put together very similar because he had a lot of interactions and run ins with Doctor Strange over the years. Um, so I, I feel like he might be one that shows up, and he's also one that's a fairly easily easy to recognize because he's got purple skin, not Thanos style purple skin, but uh, he, he'd be my bet to show up. I also wonder if uh, Kang the Conqueror is going to show up here. I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure he's going to show up in Ant Man. That uh, something that I read is like he's already been cast, or at least they're looking for somebody. Mm. So with that, I, I, I think he is going to actually be. A hundred percent. Now, other than that, is something else going to get announced with him? Oh, I'm sure every one of these Marvel movies is not going to be a one villain storyline anymore. I, I think every new movie that comes out is going to have ties into multiple things, just like the the last universe did. Only it's going to be much more overt. Because we're going to have all the eternal beings. We have the Eternals coming out, which Mm -hmm. connects more of the Inhumans and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type stuff into the cosmic outer realms, I'm sure is probably what Captain Marvel was off off dealing with and now Monica Rambo is going up to help with. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that unlocks things like Galactus and the Watcher and, you know, the living tribute and all the other celestial beings that were in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And... <laughs> I mean, Dormammu was basically one of those things, and he's already showed up, and he didn't get killed. He just got banished and locked to another dimension. So, could Dormammu come back, or are they going to have another one out there that just takes the next step down? Like they are redoing the Fantastic Four, so they, there's a chance to redo that. Maybe Doctor Doom could make a reappearance again and actually do a somewhat palatable take on Doctor Doom. I, I was a little disappointed that Reed Richards did not show up. In one division, because there was a lot of rumors that he was going to show up, and I was like, "Ooh!" Like, because I, you know, 
Fantastic Four is one of those ones like the, when the first one, not the first first one, but when the one in the what er, early two thousands came out, mm-hmm. it was not great, but it was still entertaining. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, and, and I didn't see the remake one because I just heard it was trash. I, that was one of the first Marvel movies I didn't buy. <laughs> so so I was excited. I was like, are the okay, are they going to actually set up now? Since since now Fox is part of Disney, can we start? expanding all these other storylines. And like, I like how WandaVision kind of retcons the Scarlet Witch a little bit. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, in age of Ultron, she's just somebody with powers. Russian orphan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at least in this, they kind of made it like she already had witch powers and it was amplified by the Tesseract and everything like that. So there we go. I was kind of disappointed. They also didn't, you know, bring Magneto into it, but you know, that's, yeah, but that's, it's, it's, it still could happen. Yeah. I mean, we don't know the extent of where it came from because I, I had an interesting theory reading some of the stuff. I, I didn't look any all the details for it, but just swirlings around the brain. <laughs> they still haven't brought mutants into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is, has, has blown a lot of people's minds because now that Disney owns everything, they have all the rights to all the X-Men characters. They could bring them on there. Right. And there, there's rumors that there's going to be things crossed over in the future, but they thought WandaVision was going to be perfect because in the comics, Wanda was... Magneto's daughter, right? Mm-hmm. So piece of cake found there, but they didn't mention that on there. But they also didn't clearly clear up, clearly clear up her actual parents and her background. They, you know, the, her original backstory prior to the witchcraft is still just kid with witch powers, kind of. Right. Well, and her brother too. So yeah. But what if instead of bringing in the mutants on the good side, what if the cinematic viewers just fast forwards a little bit? And they bring mutants into the world with like a Avengers versus X-Men style where the new big villains are going to be the X-Men that all turned bad when, you know, Phoenix took over and Cyclops went all berserker rage and wanted to take over the universe. And like maybe but what if the X-Men come in as the villains in the MCU in the future? And so they, and then be... so they, there comes Magneto from another dimension, or maybe it's Magneto and his daughter from another dimension. Well, that's Scarlet Witch or something like that. There's all kinds of crazy things that will make absolutely zero sense to the average moviegoer that I'm excited could happen. <laughs> it's one of those ones. It would be pretty cool for that to happen. Um, I would be okay with that, and I'll allow it. You know, I'll, I'll allow it. I mean, they have all these opportunities. They have all these different story arcs that they can. Do and I think WandaVision also did something great that I kind of hoped superhero movies now kind of go into, and that's setting up new characters, right? So we knew Monica Rambeau from Captain Marvel, and they put her into this, and they gave her her own origin story into this, you know, and and how she becomes uh, what is it, Captain Photon or uh, uh, Photon? Yeah, right? yeah, Photon. So they, they set up how she becomes Photon and gets those powers. And we didn't have to have a whole two-hour movie that's just, you know, basically exposition on who this person is. So I kind of like how they're starting to introduce characters. And they did a, they did that, too, in Age of Ultron with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, even though they didn't call them those names. Um, you know, kind of just setting up things. So I like that we don't necessarily need... Maybe superhero movies are finally figuring out we don't need the origin story that's constantly there. It can be part of something else. Yeah, I, we've been talking about that for years. I think some of our very first podcasts who brought that up. Of how, why does every superhero movie have to be a 
flipping origin story. Like especially for heroes sp- people already know about. Spider Man fans. People don't know who Spider Man is by now. You know what you want to talk do an origin story? Do a two minute montage being who explains it. Sweet, okay, it's Spider Man, let's rock. We don't need four hours of why he's a lonely teenager. Like let's just get on with the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so, I think the new Spider-Man got away with it because they had the uh, new origin story, but the origin wasn't the point of the movie. There was the origin story, and then it was Spider-Man was part of the universe. It wasn't the entire thing. Like, bleh, yeah. Well, they, they and the, the new Spider-Man they did a good job too because that's another thing they put him in Civil War before he got his own movie. Mm-hmm. So they kind of introduced him that way. They're like, hey, this here's Spider-Man, and then you get Homecoming, and it doesn't go through all the exposition. It's just like, here's a kid, and he has these powers. You've already seen him in these other movies, so you know what he's about. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Anyway, you said King the Conqueror. We kind of skimmed over him. I know he's a big baddie. Go into it. Tell us about Kang. Well, King the Conqueror, he he comes from the future, because if I recall right, he's like a descendant of Reed Richards in another universe thousands of years in the future. And he gets all this power and goes back. And uh, I think he was big in a lot of the Iron Man stories. Absolutely ridiculous looking in the comics, but his look could also be turned into something pretty pretty ominous in the backstory. But he has all the things of time travel being super genius and wanting to, to use the time stream and the different dimensions to take over stuff, which seems like a very easy fit. And... It, it seems like most of the MCU villains right now, one of the few things they've had in common is they've been super, super overconfident mm. most of the time. Even Thanos. Uh, and that, that to me, that's what Kang was too. Some of his uh, renditions in the comics, every time he shows up, they're like, he's not even scared of us. He's The, the Avengers are trying to take him down. He's like, yeah, whatevs. <laughs> Do your thing. I'm Kang. Um. So I, I, I don't know enough of his backstory other than the basics to know where exactly he would fit into the Mitch, but I've heard his name brought up so many times that it, it seems like they're at least going to set it up to have him tie into the Fantastic Four movies if he is the, the Richards descendant. Which and, would be fantastic, no pun intended. <laughs> and to go back to the part two of uh, the, the WandaVision, where everybody got upset was because she talked about her astrophysicist friend that she was going to get some information from, which most likely yeah, was Richards going on, on there with it. And, yeah. Yeah, that was one thing where she's like, I have an astrophysicist friend. And when she said that, I was like, oh, my gosh. And then when the next episode happened, I kept watching it. And then it turned out just to be some sword schmuck. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> come on. The good stuff. Well, and then we know that the Mandarin is actually going to be in Shang Chi. Yeah, the real so, Mandarin. So that's that's yeah. going to come back to play. Yeah. So that's that's going to be interesting, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of fix that because Iron Man three made Mandarin kind of a joke. So I, I have a feeling they'll retroact that 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 would be like the Mandarin controlling somebody else or somebody else pretending to be the mandarin or something like that like because that yeah that just that that i remember you and i left the theater kind of like um what because ben kingsley he would have been a fantastic mandarin but he's just some couch surfing bum (laughs) but so we already know he's coming back well i mean coming back in a sense i'm trying to see on imdb if they have who's going to be playing the mandarin in it 
And then, because if it has been Kingsley, if they give him another shot, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, maybe they don't have maybe he was so good that he just pretended that he wasn't the real Mandarin and he was controlling right. somebody else. To, you know, if they think that I think that they think they didn't think that I was the guy, then maybe I could have been the guy and they would have never known it. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, they don't have they don't have anybody. But I mean, like, so that's we know that he's coming back. Um, what do you think? Do you think you'd want to see Mister Sinister? I would love to see Mr. Sinister, but you have to have the mutants in the X-Men storyline before you can bring Mr. Sinister in. Well, I mean, that's so his we, jam. Like, we, we know that Deadpool is going to be Disney's go-to R-rated movie, mm-hmm. right? They've already said Deadpool 3 is going to be R-rated, not to worry about it. Mr. Sinister would fit in perfectly with Deadpool. Because, I mean, he was already part of the video game, and it fit in well. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. you had... Deadpool going up against Mr. Sinister, but you also had like Wolverine making cameos in there and Cable, and we already have Cable established in the Deadpool universe, so... Mm-hmm. I, I I would like to see Mr. Sinister in, in that side. But I just... I just I, I'm really interested to see how they bring the mutants into the MCU, because they almost have to at some point or another now. They just do, they in, have to. interested to see how that's going to come across. Um... But there's there's some of the other Avengers they could bring in with it too because if we're going with the whole Vision White Vision thing, then you can guarantee there's going to be Simon Williams, aka Wonder Man, coming along somewhere in the future. Dude, why did I just get Tenacious D in my head? Wonder Boy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but yeah, I, I I agree. And one, this is something that we've been waiting for too a long time ago. Was we want the mutants in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole point that these studios have control and everything like that was always kind of like, I get it. But at the same point, give the fans what they want. You want to make money? Team up. And that's Sony kind of did that with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens after Spider-Man 3 because I think what that was like the last one that Sony's going to do with Marvel while they still have the rights or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some deals made how things pan out. but Right. Well, and now that Fox doesn't really have, I mean, Fox is Disney now, so they can, I hope that if they, if they redo Fantastic Four, they make Doctor Doom viable, like a viable villain, not just kind of like a shtick. Not an angry scientist. Yeah, and they don't, (laughs) we don't need another rehashing of the story that we've had three times already, and maybe actually bring in Galactus? Yeah, I I think Galactus could be a an interesting fit. Cause didn't he was part of a multiple storylines too? Oh yeah, he was all over the place. So he could be the next big bad. You also wonder too. They've got the Venom movie coming out, mm, with and Carnage. Venom's gonna have Carnage in it. And are they somehow gonna try and tie some of that cosmic stuff into the uh, Venom and Carnage race out there in space? Like, is that going to be fallout from the war that Captain Marvel is fighting with Galactus over in the Kree and Shi'ar Empire destroyed this world that splintered off of these other aliens that are then coming to Earth like this big, you know, love triangle of destruction? (laughs) God, man, to be in the writer's room for these movies. (laughs) Somebody's somebody's got to be going crazy in there. It's going to look like that meme with the pins and things all over the wall. (laughs) We're going to have these people over here and this is up and they're going to do this, but they're going to be part of this. I just, (sighs) I hope the studios listen 
to the writers that are actually and the directors that are passionate about you know mm. everything like this um because when they don't you get stuff kind of like transformers i mean again yeah, soft you, spot for but you just kind of hope that they they've realized that they're they're sitting on one of the biggest cash cows in the universe right now mm-hmm. and they could take some chances to tell a good story that oh, okay maybe it doesn't do so at the box office well hey guess what the next year or two nothing's gonna do good at the box office so take your chances now let's do this right but take it a good story and then if it builds up to something even better like okay maybe your first movie is not a huge hit but then it makes the second and third movie that much better like I'm hoping the writers have some freedom to make those stories be uh, uh, that's what me and the, my wife were talking about there the, the cinematic universe has finally crossed over into what I loved about comics growing up superhero movies before the MCU and even the beginning of the MCU were beginning, middle, end. Here's the story, what happens. And then, oh yeah, they'll kind of, maybe if we have a second one, it'll make, you know, be what happens next in that story. But in comics in general, especially the Marvel Universe, everything was overlapped over decades. So right. there's story arcs that come and go and they go with the ebb and flow of what's going on in the world. There's something comes full circle and 15 years later they go back to something that happened in the late 70s and then re-spark a story off of that and create a backstory that meshes into it. So everything is got these hidden connections that you don't know exist. And to go to your comment about being in the writer's room, that's what I want to know about for some of the throwbacks from like WandaVision. Did they have that planned from the start? Like, we got to make sure we got to have this scene in Captain America Civil War where he's talking about being obsessed with witchcraft because in 15 years, we're going to have this add another story. Or are they going back in retro trying to find something? Okay, they talked about witchcraft here. Let's do like, where where are the writers in that on their brain of making those things happen? Well, and you, that's, that's something I've been thinking about too because like you're looking at all these callbacks and everything like that and everything that's been set up. And, and you know, Iron Man 1... It's, it's good because it set up everything, but you're exactly right. It's just cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. And Iron Man 2 was like, hey, we made money off the first one. Here's here's this. And it wasn't necessarily the strongest. But then they started taking chances and everything like that. And looking at how everything has come together now, it's always weird to go back. And especially since stuff is done by different directors, different writers, and you know, different producers. Do they all have like a weekly, you know, monthly meeting where they're like, all right, guys, so this is what we got going on in this movie. Because, I mean, now it seems like... Yeah, there's, there's just this giant shared Google Doc of all right. the possible Easter eggs in my movie. <laughs> right? And that's the thing is, like, I have to applaud them for actually taking chances because comic books are sometimes goofy. They're mm-hmm. out there. They're wild. They're, you know, they're crazy. And they're not necessarily playing it safe. That's why I think Ant-Man kind of worked guardians kind of worked is just like they're like all right here we go <laughs> we're not going to spend our time trying to make you believe that there's a talking raccoon we're going to tell you there's a talking raccoon and we're right. just going right off the deep end and it, you're just going to have to deal with it <laughs> right and I, I so i'm excited to see what chances they're going to take you know with these these other ones um are they going to be setting up the new avengers with wanda's kids are they going to make a callback type of thing um where we're going to go with in Thor love and thunder, because we all know Natalie, Natalie Portman's going to be the new Thor. 
So who's going to be the villain in that one? Loki has his own spinoff series. What are they going to do with that? We have Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming up. It starts next this month, week. right? Yeah, next week. Yeah, yeah. next week. Um, we know the Black Widow movie has Taskmaster into that. Are they going to use him a little bit more? Are they just going to use him as a gimmick villain to set up something else? I also I, think I, you, I like you posted about this so. one on Facebook, I think last week or this week on our page. Um, Modoc. Could still very easily come in because they already alluded to it in one of the Captain America movies when his mm-hmm. face is on that computer screen blowing up on there. And he's literally just stuck in computer programs and Hydra has ties to everything in the Marvel Universe. The Tesseract is going on right now. So something tying back to Hydra, Modoc would be a perfect villain to bring back in that has ties to everything that has already happened in numerous aspects of the, of the universe. Can, can I just say I'm really excited for that Modoc series? <laughs> it's, it looks so goofy and Patton Oswalt Oswalt as Modoc is just great and I hope maybe maybe this animated series is going to set up something mm-hmm. who knows I mean maybe, I don't maybe, maybe know. they'll set up uh, Mojoverse that's true you could do that you could throw that and you've got Mojo and you got Longshot and Dazzler and all those in an entirely different dimension that would be as far as spectacles, like if you thought Thor Ragnarok was eye candy, then the Mojoverse would be making that look like child's play. <laughs> An entire universe based on just television programming for alien enjoyment. Like, <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be interesting to see if they actually went like a live action route with MODOK and how they'd make that work. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's he's pretty goofy, but... It's going to be interesting because we got Disney's already announced flat out that Black Widow is coming out in May. So and we we know that Taskmaster's in that. I mean, we should have had this movie last year, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But we already know Taskmaster who can copy different fighting styles and everything like that's going to be in it. I still think they might set up something bigger on that one. And then we have Doctor Strange is supposed to come out this year, but it got pushed back to next year. Thor, I don't even know when that's coming out, but I'm excited about it, and I don't even know where they're going to go that route. It's just we have so many options, like you said, and especially WandaVision has already kind of hinted that it could be Mephisto more than anything. Mm-hmm. But I think they did a good job with saying, no, this is just a story of grief and setting up her powers and her own storyline and then hinting at something. Mm-hmm. And so, with, with the end with her hearing her kids... That's where I think Mephisto is still in the future because in the comics, her kids are literally Mephisto's kids, part of mm-hmm. his essence or soul that created them. So her being in that demonic-looking universe with the dark red swirling around and her kids' voices on there, I feel like there's still something where he's trying to pull her in there. Or uh, it, yeah, yeah, It's going to be and then, rad. <laughs> and then we could still have Kithon or whatever his name is, the creator of the Darkhold, since that's a huge part of her now since she's studying it as well so we got you know not we but marvel has options and i'm excited to see how this plays out mm-hmm. and um, it, it's it's like we started the whole this whole podcast talking about too we went through all these things do we have any more clarity with it no, no. but i'm literally even <laughs> more excited to think about what else could go on or how this could actually work out and see if i'm right or wrong and th- the beauty of it is no matter how much I put together and think I know exactly what's going to happen, they will do something different. And I'll be like, what? Oh, that makes way more sense. <laughs> well, I mean, look at, look at how they set up the Infinity Saga. You know, we all 
went to those movies expecting something and then something else kind of happens and you're like whoa and and i you know it's one of those ones especially with endgame how they set up the alternate timeline how things are still around i mean you have gamora back who doesn't remember anything i mean because it's a different gamora but so you have that aspect. The collector could still be alive in that universe mm-hmm. and bring around things. As... And and I I feel like that they're gonna have more of the Kree and Skrull wars and the, I mean they set up secret mm-hmm. invasion type stuff going on that those are gonna come in too because the whole reason the the Chitari were part of the event the Marvel Cinematic Universe is because the Kree and the Skrulls were a big part of the guess what X Men storylines before that happened so they had to have a new alien but that means now there's Krees and Skrulls and Chitari out there and the Venom symbiote race whatever they're called again so yeah we could be and doing a lot know- more in space. And we all know that Monica Rambo is probably going to, like, the little thing at the end where uh, the Kree came and talked to her and was like, hey, somebody wants to talk to you up there. That could be uh, Fury because mm-hmm. we all know at the end of Captain Marvel, he's, he's you know. I'm, 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 I put money that that's Fury going to see because at first I thought it was maybe talking about one of the other Krees or maybe it was Captain Marvel. But, but no, that's, that's, that's definitely Nick Fury that wants her up right. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you heard us ramble about our theories, about our thoughts. What, what villain do you think is going to be one of the big baddies that is unleashed on the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, it's not. What villain do you want to see, too? I mean, I would, I would love. I mean, I'm already getting Carnage, and I just hope they do Carnage justice. <laughs> um, with with them saying that Deadpool is going to be the only R-rated one. I mean, I guess what Sony still has rights to Venom. So hopefully they make that. I mean, Carnage PG thirteen just doesn't vibe right with me, but we'll see. It's it could be doable. We'll find out. We'll but see. Let us know in the comments at Get Geekish. Marvel villains come to the MCU universe. What do you think it's going to be? Who do you want to see? Let us know, and uh, this conversation will continue for months, if not years, as these things keep coming out. So <laughs> thanks so much for joining us, Derek. Thank you for the conversation as always, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>